know something I found out? What did you find out? Uh, directors used to do this thing where when they were really ashamed of a project, they would submit it under the pseudonym Alan Smithy. You know, I actually have heard of that before. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I really wanted to tell you something new. Because <laughs> it was news, it was news <laughs> to me. All right, well, let's, let's do that again. Did you know that it was an anagram for the alias men? <laughs> <laughs> And with that, everybody, welcome to the A&M Podcast Official Episode 1. The last one that we recorded was our Episode 0, which was our introduction to ourselves. We're going to be covering a couple of uh, subjects today. Uh, Overall, we're just going to be covering news. So the three big ones that we're going to be covering are Star Wars, Spider-Man, and Disney, uh, mainly Disney+. And uh, before we get into any of that, uh, just some couple things that we want to highlight. Number one... Uh, we're now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Woo. How cool is that? I didn't think that that would happen this quickly. Neither so we're just extremely grateful to uh, those platforms for allowing us to to do this thing. I, th- I thought for sure that it would take a lot longer than it did, but it's really, really cool to be on there. And something that I wanted to talk about was today I went to an event held by the American Cinema Editors uh, called Ace Tech Day. Um, it was hosted by Adobe, and Adobe held a set of presentations where they... Um, talked about their upcoming products, their upcoming uh, updates to their to their current software. And I just want to tell you guys, the future for filmmaking and honestly, the future of post-production is really exciting because there is some incredible stuff coming out. Without getting into specifics, um, I just want to say artificial intelligence is really becoming something that's really prevalent within this within this industry and and it's pretty awesome because honestly there are some things that are capable now that one year ago wasn't even fathomable gonna put you on the spot uh are you worried that the machines are gonna take your job see here's the thing i'm worried that the machines are gonna take over some jobs i'm not worried that the machine is gonna take over as an editor um the big thing that that was kind of discussed at at like today's presentations was the AI is really powerful in taking care of a lot of tasks. Yeah. However, in terms of storytelling, it still has... You need the human eye. Exactly. And not even just the human eye, but the human brain. Sure. Because the human brain knows how to tell stories as opposed to the computer where it's all artificial and they and it really doesn't know. And so, so the editor is honestly an irreplaceable role, which mm-hmm. for me as an editor That's is lucky like... lucky on you. Ooh, yeah, you're in a thank good God. seat. You're yeah, in a good thank seat. Thank God. Thank God. My, my job is safe, guys. Right on. But, but yeah, no, I think honestly, eventually, I think computers will take over for maybe like, mm-hmm. like not, not sound design, but, you know, taking care of some sound mixes, taking care of color and stuff like that. Artificial intelligence is really, really crazy. And, and everyone does know that. But in terms of the film industry, it's really, it's really hitting it. So oh, right on. The future is here future or is near. Here. It rhymes. Um, <laughs> so one segment that we want to do on this pod is uh, in between episodes, obviously, life goes on. We watch our own separate things or play our own separate games or do whatever. And um, we want to talk about just, hey, what did we watch this week? And if we had any you know, recommendations or anything to offer up, which I think both of us do. So I'll start off. Um, first movie I watched, or at least the first movie I have listed here, it's a little film called Hell or High Water. It was 2016, directed by David McKenzie, who I'm not familiar with any of his particular works, but I am familiar with the writer Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Sicario, 
which is one of your favorite movies. I, I love Sicario. Yeah, great one. He also wrote Wind River, which is like Sicario, but in Alaska, kind of. Um, and, you know, the writing is, is, is similar throughout all three of those movies, too, because it's, it's like a consistent neo-Western kind of feel. So in the same vein that Wind River is like Sicario in Alaska, this movie is Sicario, but in Texas. And it has to do with two brothers who are robbing banks for what some people might say is a morally justified reason, but I'm not going to get into that, right? But um, it also follows two Texas Rangers as they're trying to catch these brothers. So it's a bit of a heist movie, bit of a cat and mouse movie as well. Um, And it stars Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, Ben Foster, who I'm slowly learning is one of the more underrated actors working today. I don't know if you've seen Lone Survivor. He's really good in that. I have. Yeah. Um, and then Gil Brimingham. Um, this movie was nominated for four Academy Awards. Actually, Best Picture was one of them. And then Supporting Actor for Jeff Bridges, Original Screenplay, and Editing. Fun fact. It's actually really, really well spliced together. Let's go. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it didn't win anything at the Oscars or the Golden Globes. It also got three Golden Globe noms. Um it's a pretty depressing story. Uh, the robbers, the two brothers, are the main characters, but you find yourself kind of rooting for them, and you're you're you're, you're kind of forced to brace brace for the inevitable clash between the two groups, the both the rangers and the robbers, right? Um, but you learn to like all of them, and you just kind of really don't want to see them fight, and that's why I kind of find it unique in terms of other heist movies because most heist movies, I'm thinking of like Ocean's Eleven when you're mostly just following Clooney and Brad Pitt around while they're just doing the thing, being the coolest dudes possible, right? Right, right. Yeah, because who doesn't want to be George Clooney in the casino, you know? It's the first time I've seen, I think, in a heist movie where you actually sympathize with both the people that are trying to catch your, your, the people doing the heist, you know? Because, um, like, again, using Ocean's Eleven as the example, or even any of the Ocean's movies, the guys that own the casinos or the people that are getting robbed, they're usually the villains, Right. But in this one, it's Jeff Bridges and his partner Gil Birmingham. They're they're like just they're like super old guys, and they're just like really close to retirement. And like Jeff Bridges' character, like the retirement is just kind of on the horizon. That's his whole thing, right? And um, like I said, you just kind of root for both teams, and I, I found that kind of unique for a heist movie. So um, nice. Uh, but of course, they do have to make one group a little bit worse than the other so but you know it's kind of situations that are presented as do or die right and right. the consequences aren't disregarded for their actions so and, and they're actually brought to the limelight towards the the latter end of the movie sweet um so it was really good i'm not going to give it like a number or anything because that's kind of arbitrary and i don't really know because <laughs> it was a couple days ago so it was just good yeah yeah i haven't seen it but i have heard really good things and it's definitely on my list my never-ending list of things that i need to watch yeah a best picture nom so i mean if that's nothing else than an indication that it's worth checking out it totally is it's pretty good yeah it doesn't have the cinematographer for sicario so mm. it's, it's it's like it's not special in that regard but it, but the writing is just as like quick right. as like sicario and even wind river um so like you know presence of mr sheridan definitely felt but um Sadly, I, I looked this up too. The, the cinematographer for Sicario is actually the same guy that did the new Blade Runner movie. Yeah, um, Roger Deakins. Roger, yeah, 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 yeah. Tim. Um, he's he's very very famous. Nice. So yeah, another movie I watched again, rewatched was uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers because I found that it was on Netflix one night and said, "Yes, absolutely, this is what I'm doing tonight." So watch The Two Towers, and Helm's Deep is still the greatest action set piece of all time. Seventeen years running. 
Those movies are perfect, dude. They're really they, perfect. They like it's it's I've never seen such concentrated lightning in a bottle. And I'm just that's just reinforced every time I watch yeah. any installment. I'm disappointed though, because Two Towers and Return of the King on Netflix, but Fellowship isn't. And that's like, how dare you? Yeah, that's blasphemy. <laughs> I, I mean, like, the thing about those movies is they're they're one of the they're one of those series that every time you watch it, even if you know the story like crazy, you you're gonna gotta, find something new. You gotta start from the beginning too. I oh, feel that like. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyways, I I digress. Um, I also watched Netflix original series Wu Assassins. Let's watch the first episode of that. That was kind of okay. Um, it stars one of my favorite martial artists, uh, Ika Uwais, who is of the Raid film series fame, and he's fantastic. He's, uh, I was about to say the modern day Jackie Chan, but I don't think that's fair enough because Jackie is way more famous. But anyways, um, it seems pretty good. I, I can tell that. Uh, his crew, uh, Iko Weiss's crew, is heavily involved in it. Mm-hmm. And actually, the uh, one of the bad guys from John Wick Chapter Three is in it too. The the bald guy, you know, the the one who's like oh, a yeah, fan yeah, yeah. of John. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's okay. in it too. He's yeah, great. I remember him. Yeah, um, I, I forget his name. I want to say his first name's Mark, but I digress. That was okay. It was you know just kind of whatever Netflix original series kind of thing, just kind of budget. So it's like. Uh, Okay, but it's it's got Rama in it, so hey, you know. If combat. it's got Rama, then it's great. Yeah, Rama is the name of his character from the raid, by the way. Watch those movies. <laughs> and then I watched an anime movie called Redline. I'm not going to talk about that, so that's fine. <laughs> Why? Oh, because no one's going to look it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's just some anime movie that uh, it was really cool. It took seven years, just hand drawn animation, but it kind of flopped, and it was kind of the last nail in the coffin for that kind of style of animation in Japan. It yeah. didn't make any money, so that sucks. But it's called Red Line. Watch it. It's about a crazy like car race in space. It's amazing. Well, that is what Aaron watched. Uh, as for me, I kind of just continued with This Is Us, uh, which was one of our recommendations from last week. Um, I mean, honestly, I have nothing else to say other than it's just it's really good. <laughs> it's really, really good. I want to give a shout out to my buddy Perry who reached out to me and told me that he started watching This Is Us. So shout out to my boy. Thank you very much, Perry, for for listening in. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, other than This Is Us, I have kind of restarted, but just kind of like watched an episode or two of uh, of Band of Brothers, which classic man. If you guys haven't seen Band of Brothers, please do yourself a favor and watch that. Chernobyl, obviously, this this uh, this year has gotten a lot of hype for being one of the best miniseries of all time. I, I mean, yes, it absolutely was. It was phenomenal. However, I think Breaking Bad beats it by a land. Breaking Bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking Breaking Bad. Well, the house outside. Yeah, of, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah, house yeah, outside true, my true. Uh, my front porch is getting fumigated right now, so it's got like the Breaking Bad meth lab cover on it. <laughs> but what I was saying is. I think Band of Brothers beats it by an absolute landslide. It is so perfect. Seriously, if you guys haven't watched it, please check it out. It is just so, so good. Other than, you know, like the Planet Earths and everything like that, I really think Band of Brothers is probably the best miniseries of of all time. So please, if you haven't seen it, check it out. So yeah, that is what I have been watching this week. Um, Like I said, nothing new, uh, but just continuing on with things that I think are just phenomenal so yeah that's it for uh for the catching up for this week's this week's watches now we're gonna get into it so a couple trailers actually came out this week uh we're gonna talk about three in particular first up on the docket is the jojo rabbit trailer which is the taika waititi led uh 
Nazi satire flick that's coming out later this month. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, this year. Yep. And um, trailer came out and it looks pretty good. I got a kind of Wes Anderson-esque vibe from it. Like uh, just the way it's shot and the kind of goofy tone that they're going with it. Um, and this would only be the second Taika Waititi film that I will be seeing. So he's still a relatively new direct- director to me. But I mean, I love Ragnarok. It's the funniest MCU movie in my opinion. And um, it only looks like this is going to be like a great time. No, I, I completely agree. Honestly, this is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I'm really, really excited for this one. Um, I think Taika is going to absolutely kill it. I mean, the trailer itself was hilarious. So I I can only imagine what the film is going to be like. It's probably just going to be even more ridiculous and just really, really great storytelling. So I'm really excited for it. Well, the next trailer that we're going to be talking about is another comedy, and that is the Between Two Ferns trailer. Um... This is going to be an interesting one. I don't I, know how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I I love the Funnier Die Between Two Ferns series on YouTube. It's just so fucking stupid that it's hilarious. But when you make it a movie, it worries me. It becomes more forced. Yeah, that, exactly. That whole format that Zach Galifianakis has in uh in that web series is so funny. Just the, the intentionally, like, make it awkward kind of just interview setting is really funny. I like to think that the actors don't know anything going into it, but, you know... They totally do. With growing yeah, popularity. It makes it more fun yeah. to have that, that mindset so, about but it. But even those is because it's so small scale and just edited down to perfection, kind of. Like, you can get away with a lot more. But like you said, dragging out to, I'm assuming, an hour and a half minimum movie. Probably feature something thing. like that, yeah. It is a Netflix release, so it might be a little bit shorter than what might have been, you know, a wide release. But, um, yeah, it looks... Like the trailer, hopefully doesn't have all the funniest moments in it. Like I think that conversation between Zach and Will Ferrell at the beginning is really funny. Like, oh, you killed McConaughey. And he's like, did he die? And he's like, no, well, he died, but then he came back to life. <laughs> like, um, that was funny. But um, you know, the thing with comedies is sometimes they say they put all the best jokes in the trailers, and that's kind of a fear for mine or fear of mine for this one in particular. Yeah, because the trailer was funny, but if those are the best jokes. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, 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 like the whole thing with like Chrissy Teigen at the end too. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It's not a really big. No, I, I agree. I agree. Well, we'll see how that one turns out. Yeah. All, all the best, hopefully though. And then the last one that came out was uh, Bad Boys for Life. Have you seen any of the Bad Boys movies? I have not. Unfortunately, I have not. Yeah, I haven't either. So yeah. I feel kind of unqualified to talk about this one, but the movie doesn't look that great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it looks like it, it seems very Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, I, mean? I was about to say, it just it just feels like Fast and the Furious, Yeah. to be honest. And like that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, I'd say Fast and the Furious at least has merit, though, because those movies, they kind of kill it. When they kill it, they, yeah. they do it really, yeah, really when well. when they kill it, no they one really does it. kill it. it yeah. no, one, no one does it better than them because they've got uh, the budgets, but they also got, you know, the stars. When you're talking like, 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 like Fast and the Furious has The Rock, Jason Statham, Vin Diesel, and, you know, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, several others, right? <laughs> Will Smith, like, hasn't made a good movie in the last <laughs> 10 years, I think. The last good, I'm not going to say great, the last good Will Smith movie that I could genuinely think of was probably I Am Legend. 
And everyone always wants to go back to like I Am Legend or Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith has not made anything good in a very long time. And, oh, man. and I'm sure he's and made... Martin Lawrence. I forgot Martin Lawrence exists. Yeah, no, he he just he just hasn't made they, anything. It, in it's a long really time. cool that they got him out of his retirement home. But yeah. like, <laughs> man, it, it just it, it seems like a movie that should have been made a decade ago. I don't know if the audience for the Bad Boys franchise is gonna show up. Like, I. I mm. Certainly isn't me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah. But anyways, now that we are done with that, we are going to get right into it. Once again, today we are going to be covering Star Wars, Spider-Man, and Disney, specifically Disney+. Plus. So we are going to start right at it with Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. So again, we're a little late on all of this news. However, they are going to be huge topics for the next couple of months before Disney Plus comes out, before... Uh, the new Star Wars comes out and everything like that. These are going to be really big topics of discussion. So here we are talking about them. So Rise of Skywalker. We got a new trailer at D23. Trailer in quotations, kind of. A lot of it was old footage of uh, the first six movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was uh, interesting enough that it was the first six movies because I really thought that the pe- the prequels were forced to sit in the shame corner and just like, you know, forgotten. You know, like... like, uh, like <laughs> You know when you have uh, Thanksgiving and you make all the kids sit at the kids' table? Oh, Those are like God. the Star Wars prequels. They're just in the other room, and you kind of let them do their own thing while the adults are having conversation. Oh, my God. So, um, no, I mean, it was cool to see the pre- prequel footage used in it at all, just because, you know, we're young enough to where we grew up with the prequels. So, you know, there's kind of like three waves of Star Wars, and thus breeds three waves of Star Wars fans. You got your old heads that were there in the 70s and 80s. Then you got us who were there in the early 2000s. And now you got kids that were our age then uh, with these new films. Um, so, but my point is, is that like, whereas a lot of the old fans were, you know, put off by the prequels, we embrace all six kind of, even yeah. if like the prequels are clearly worse, they're still fun and charming in, in, in our minds because we grew up with them. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the footage that we actually got of The Rise of Skywalker was you know pretty interesting uh you see all the main characters kind of together for the first time in this trilogy which is kind of sad that that's the first time that that's been happening or that that will happen like the new characters yeah all the new ones yeah uh the the new what was perceived back in 2015 as the new trio of of poe ray and finn um yeah they have never all shared screen time before until the last movie in the trilogy which you know just kind of speaks for itself i feel like which is the direction that these movies unfortunately went so yeah um but nonetheless star wars is if if nothing else they are consistent on making the greatest trailers in the world i feel like every time uh, something star wars comes out like i just get you know kind of rose-colored glasses and i'm just like oh my god i'm back to being a kid again yeah And, and especially with this one even with like with just the the pain that we're both still feeling from the last Jedi, <laughs> of just how how hard it is to to, to still no, it's not even just last Jedi. Literally everything Star Wars wise is just kind of hurt the last few years. Yeah, I feel like yeah, just yeah. man, just just all the nonsense, and not just from the movie's perspective, but just how the fans have reacted to a lot of stuff too, ourselves partially included. Probably. Yeah, and, and like and when but, when you think about our reactions, it makes us be like, why are we still watching this? Yeah, and then this trailer comes out. And it's like, oh, I forgot. Yeah, that, yeah. Th- this is why we're watching it. This stuff. is why we're still watching yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I guess you could poo-poo them for, you know, pulling on the nostalgia strings, but they've literally always done that. So it's no, that's nothing new. So I, I feel like there's no point beating a dead horse 
we have three characters that we really want to focus on for this one. Um, first one being Palpatine. Yeah. He is returning in after... Some, some capacity. Yeah, in some capacity after a long, long time of being supposedly dead. So mm-hmm. his return is definitely weird given given just the timeline of all of this. However, to the fans, I think his return is very much welcomed because he is he is like truly the villain of Star Wars or at least of the Skywalker saga. So I really think his return is going to be something that's really exciting. But that also depends on how they do it. Exactly, on how they do it. Right now we don't really have any context context for anything, which I mean is obvious and and we're going to have to wait until we can actually see yeah. it. But for right now, honestly, I, I'm really excited for it. I, I have no idea the direction that they're going to take with it. But I have full faith in JJ, which, by the way, we're going to be getting to JJ. But Aaron, your thoughts? Um, it's not absurd, just from a lore perspective or story perspective, that to, to think that since we've seen Force Ghosts before for the Jedi, because uh, my, 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 my thought is that Palpatine will come back as a Force Ghost, but just, you know, Sith Force Ghost, which... Um, I think is the first for the franchise. I'm trying to rack my brain here. Um, and, you know, it's also not that weird to most Star fa- Star Wars fans that knew a little bit of the old continuity before Disney bought them out. Um, I guess spoilers for that, but they brought Palpatine back in old expanded universe material uh, in the original way that the timeline went after Return of the Jedi. A whole bunch of books that were considered canon um, came out and Palpatine was the main villains of those. Of, uh, of at least he was the main villain of at least one of those books um and he like had a whole bunch of um what's that thing batman does contingencies he had a whole bunch of contingency plans basically cloning kind of things and just transferring his essence into other bodies sort sort of and um there's theories all around that ray might be a clone herself like a, a palpatine clone or something or maybe a defective kind of version of that i think there's not I'm not saying that they won't go that way. They might, but yeah. I don't think that'd be great because there's not nearly enough there. For That's definitely to, a bit of a to stretch. try to paint a picture on the blank canvas that is Ray. Yeah, yeah, that'd be rough to rough to pull off. But it's not absurd that Palpatine's coming back. It's just more so. Yeah, how will they do it? How mm-hmm. will they go about it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, if they do it well, then fuck, it's gonna be good, man. It, it it's should be, be pretty. Really, yeah, really good. I mean, because who doesn't love Palpatine? You know, he's he's kind of the best part of the prequels. Yeah, um, and they got the same actor who loves doing it. If, if you've ever seen Ian McDermott at um, any of the conventions or whatever for any Star Wars panels, he's yeah. always having a ball, and the fans love him. So even if we might not like the way they bring him back, Ian's gonna do a hell of a job. So it's fine. I agree. Yeah. Um. Next up, we could talk about Ray herself. And uh, at the end of the trailer, she's holding, she's holding a double-bladed lightsaber. Yeah, she is, which is something th- that we have called for years. I've wanted that ever yeah. since, yeah, Force Awakens when she's walking around Jakku with that staff, yep. dude. Oh yeah, I, I remember mean, we left the theater. Uh, yeah, when yeah, we, when we no, saw no, it. literally like when we left the theater, we started talking about, oh, she's gonna get a double-edged lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's fucking sick now that she actually has it. But at the same time, it's like. Oh, it's a Sith lightsaber. Yeah, it's and not also, real. There, it's, I mean, no, yeah, no, there's no way. There's no way. I, I'm I'm reading it or I'm interpreting it as some sort of homage to Luke in the cave on Dagobah and Empire. Oh, I could. Oh, but I, I don't know. That. That's pretty cool. I don't know who she would be appearing to. I guess it'd be Rey against herself, mm-hmm. maybe. But because um, I mean, like, why would she be rocking 
the red lightsaber against Kylo, unless they try to turn Kylo around at the very end, like before the ending of the movie. Right. No, yeah. they that would be like Game of Thrones, where they're just trying to pack way too many things into yeah. way too short an amount of time. I, I mean, something for me that I've uh, like, I, I'm not even thinking about it in a story perspective. I'm thinking about it in the real life like scenario of them revealing that Ray quote unquote turns bad in oh, a trailer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, that's so dumb. And no, then, it's stupid. And then, and then here's the thing is Daisy Ridley in an interview was like, I don't know why they would reveal that. Like I'm that that makes no <laughs> sense to me. That's such a like that's such a ploy, dude. Yeah. Like it, it genuinely like nobody Nobody buys Nobody it. Nobody at Star Wars would spoil something that big. No, you no. Know? I, don't, I don't think any of the fans actually buy it. It's something to sensationalize and, you know, get clicks or whatever. Because, yeah, Ray, if nothing else, because her character's unfortunately just kind of nothing at this point, um, there's no way <laughs> that they're going to toss around. They're, they're going to throw away their perfect protagonist. Yeah, exactly. For, um, and I'm not even saying perfect character, but just she's ultimate good in yeah. that verse yeah. or in that universe. So there's no way that all of it will be for naught. And you know, shame on me if I end up being wrong. That'd be that'd be sick. I don't think I am, but like if they prove me wrong and she goes full dark, that's still stupid. But hey, <laughs> fucking proud props to you. You pulled yeah. it off, or you did it. <laughs> I didn't think you'd do it. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll... it's like Game of Thrones. I didn't think you'd do what you did to Danny, but they, <laughs> but did, they it. did it. But they, they did it. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll see what happens with Ray. I mean, we both believe that it's fake. You know, at least at least that shot of her. Do we still want her to get a double edged sword? Yes, Fuck, I do. Yeah, we yes, do. I do. Yeah, I, we I, want I, that. It's been a while. I'd love to see a double blade lightsaber. And if you guys haven't seen the video of Daisy Ridley's stunt double uh doing her her choreography with the with a with a staff go look it up honestly like if we get to see that in this movie that's gonna be exciting even if, even if it's dark ray you know i i'm a little bit well, skeptical about that but i want to see the that bit action. of the fight that we do see between ray and kylo on the that it looks like the wreckage of the second death star and it looks that looks really great good too. like uh and you know um I think it could be a situation where, like, a lot of people bashed on the prequel movies for their story or whatever. But the fights in the prequels, I feel like, are still legitimately good. Oh, they're great. Um, you know, Anakin and Obi Wan, case in point. Oh, and God. if we get anything similar to that kind of quality of choreography, I'm all for it. No matter if I don't care about any character involved. Yeah, but, I mean, um, well, that's something that we've discussed. Like, we want them to go back to the prequels when it comes to lightsaber choreography yeah because the prequels were fast they were they were exciting yeah and not to say that the ones that we've gotten in the sequel trilogy or well the sequels that we've seen so far not to say that they haven't been fast and exciting but they haven't been prequel fast and yeah. exciting and that's something that we've been wanting and yeah. i think i think we're gonna get it to be honest everyone everyone makes a big deal about the uh the throne room fight with uh ray and kylo against all those no name scrubs right um it looks really cool but like there's a lot of like if you slow it down a lot of choreography beats are just like oh there's just a whole bunch of people missing their marks well which yeah actually is, have it's, you it's seen ambitious that? It, yeah i have yeah. It, it's ambitious in how it was shot and you know props to ryan for that but like um it, it it's still not as tight as those prequel fights were yeah well it's so so it's funny that you mentioned you mentioned that so something uh that's been very popular on youtube is x uh, artists react to th this, you know, like oh, like like, uh, like VFX artists react to sure, like bad or good a real VFX. lawyer reacts to exactly, case defenses exactly. Yeah. So the channel that's been very popular for doing that is Corridor Crew, and one of the series that they've been doing is, like I said, VFX artists react to 
bad and great VFX. However, they've also introduced stuntmen react to bad and great stunts. Yeah. And one of the ones that they talked about was that exact fight. Mm -hmm. And it was really fascinating to see the stuntmen talked about uh, so like he he would focus on one of the of the knights. Oh, what is it? The Knights of Ren, I think. They, no, they were the uh, they were just Snoke's guard. Yeah, we're yeah, supposed yeah. to see the Knights of Ren in this movie, uh-huh. which again, way too late to be introducing yeah, the right. bad guy group in the last movie. Yeah, especially when they talk about them in Force yeah, Awakens. The, yeah, the gall of that play to introduce yeah Kylo Ren's group in the last movie. Okay, yeah, yeah good, but good but either way, so the the guys that they were fighting. The stuntman focuses just like, and this is just as one example. It's not like one person was doing this, but just one example of it. He would say, watch this one dude. The the stuntmen are so good at their jobs. They'll actually make shit up. Like they'll make choreography up to fill time. Totally. And so like while the fight scene is great, you can see the flaws in the execution, you Mm -hmm. know? And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. As somebody that was just watching it, I wouldn't have noticed. No, but, it, yeah, but to because be, I saw like this react, like this reaction by an actual stuntman, and when he pointed it out, it's like, oh, that's yeah, that's blatantly obvious. To be yeah. fair, we shouldn't be like frame by framing these fights. Oh no, but still, there is stuff to even some like to the trained eye, like actual stuntmen, and even to some untrained eyes, that just people that aren't stuntmen. You can, if you're looking at the guys in the background that are just doing whatever, they kind of just, they're making shit up yeah, as they go. exactly. Ray is maybe focusing on one when two guys are supposed to get hit. Exactly, and it's like, oh, yeah. well, she can only really kick one, so you got to sell it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's like wrestling in that regard. But yeah, yeah. Um, but we've, we've gotten way off topic, but. Yeah. Uh, what you think about Kylo? You think he's going to go good? Ooh, that's, that's a I tough one, man. I certainly hope not. Yeah. But he probably is. It's it's called Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And he's I mean, the last one. And I mean, technically, he is a Skywalker. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. He's also a solo. I don't, yeah. I really don't want him to go good, to be honest. I want him to stay bad because it, it's funny. We've, we've talked about this, but upon our first viewing of Force Awakens. Yeah. I hated Kylo Ren. Oh, I, yeah. I thought he was a terrible, terrible villain. It wasn't until I watched it for a second time. That I genuinely see what they're doing like, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, I, when I watched it, I was like, "Oh fuck, this dude's actually pretty sick." Yeah, he's a good character. Yeah, um, he's just kind of a, just a giant fanboy of someone that was way better. <laughs> but like, you know, that's that's the point. Um, but yeah, he he was the only kind of through line throughout both these movies. That I was like, "Oh, I really like you." It was literally him and Poe, basically. Just I'm a, I'm a giant Poe Dameron fanboy, and what they did to him in the second movie was tragedy but oh it's so um, bad no kylo is like the consistent through line whenever he's on screen I'm like okay we can pay attention again like uh i i liked i want to see where he goes yeah um we also talked about back when the last jedi was coming out that we wanted if they were going to do the bad guy switches to the good side and the good guy switches to the bad side if they were going to do that kind of cross then the seeds would have to be planted in the last jedi and they weren't really for ray or Kylo. No. So again, if they want to make that switch in this last act, it's it's not developed enough. It's there, not, there's no precedent. There was like a little bit for Kylo to turn good, and it was inter- it, it, oh, it's Force been Awakens. consistent. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been consistent since Force Awakens. His like his draw to the light. Yeah. But I mean, I don't want it to just be executed in the final film. Yeah. You know, like I I want that shit to take its time. Yeah. Yeah. It's too late, kind of, for not for yeah. that. But it is the final film, and interesting, interestingly enough, J.J. Uh, Abrams is back to to helm the movie as its director. He he directed the first one, Force Awakens. Um, but J.J. Abrams, probably the greatest starter of things of all time, but he's never really been one to finish anything that he started. So 
Can he do it? I certainly don't know. I liked The Force Awakens the same way that I liked the beginning of Lost. <laughs> but as we know, just kind of the direction that Lost kind of went is he stepped back and let other people take creative control and it kind of got out of hand. A lot of things went nowhere, which is exactly what happened with Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Um, but in this case, he's actually coming back to the franchise. I don't know if he's going to be able to finish it. What's What's interesting is and I mean, I I don't know if this is just him not wanting to shed negative thoughts on on like the on the franchise that he now has in his hands. Oh, Disney won't let him. Exactly, but but he he is on record of saying the Last Jedi did not throw off his plans for Rise of Skywalker. So I, I'm mm. curious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't if, that, know. if that's if that's genuine or if that's just him trying to protect the franchise that that like I said is his responsibility right now. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know how... If if there is some coherent way they can bridge all three together, that would take a miracle in my mind. Yeah. The Last Jedi does... Because the problem I feel like that everybody had was ultimately, you know, you've heard it a million times, subversion of expectations. And it's only because that bre- that button was pressed so many times um, that that movie is just an issue in everyone's mind kind of but i digress we'll see yeah we'll see i mean come december i have faith i really do i love jj i think he is just a phenomenal director a phenomenal writer i i think he's gonna i think he's gonna do a great job so yeah that is our take on star wars and honestly i think it's gonna be really really exciting do you know what's not gonna be very exciting what Tom Holland is no longer in the MCU. Oh man, that one hits home. That Our one hits home. Beloved, best version of Peter Parker. Maybe not Spider. I'm still torn. I still love Toby. Yeah. I still love. I'm a big Toby guy. I mean, he's the OG man. I'm a big he's Toby the OG. guy. But um, no, Tom Holland just kind of the complete package for Peter Parker Spider Man, and it is a goddamn shame that he is just not. Co- he's not allowed to come back and yep. play with his friends anymore. Yep. And it's going to be so fucking stupid when in the next Spider-Man movie, they're going to talk about like Thanos as like, oh, remember that time when that one guy, he, he changed the when world. When Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stony Tark. Yeah, basically. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's going it, it, to. It's it's going to be very unfortunate that just this was like it, it was it was what they were going towards it was it was the next step the logical yeah. progression of tony stark passing the torch and i guess the torch is just going to be left behind now and i don't know captain marvel or black panther or even thor i guess would be the front runner at this point yeah i, I mean know. before before we move on just a quick idea of of what happened so according to the hollywood reporter um disney came to sony with uh, a new deal Originally, what the what the deal was was Spider Man was allowed to be in the Marvel films. He was given three team up movies and three solo movies. Sony would take all of the earnings from the solo films, and Marvel Disney slash Marvel would take all of the earnings from the team up films. So Marvel got all the earnings from Civil War, from Infinity War, and from Endgame, and Sony got all the earnings from. Uh, far from, uh, homecoming and far from home so disney came up with a new deal um where instead of that they would both split uh the earnings from any spider-man movie and it would be thir- uh, 70 30 70 beings for sony and 30 being for disney in full honesty 
I think I, I mean I I'm I would have been okay with that deal. Seventy thirty. Seventy thirty. Yeah. It's rough. It's uh it's like Sony's playing with their biggest moneymaker here, right? And they're fresh off the heels of uh into the Spider Verse, which is a fantastic movie. It didn't make it, it made a profit, but I don't think so much. It, it didn't make anywhere near Marvel numbers, no. you know. Um, but they realized that like they got Spider Man's probably the most famous superhero of all time, right? Or it like it, in the current. I I would venture to say yeah. I mean either either Spider Man or Batman. Yeah. Um. And you know that name will put people in the in the seats, and they're playing with their 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 queen piece here. And I can't blame Sony for trying to make the what they believe to be the best financial decision for them. I mean, the people who suffer here at the end of the day are their fans. Yeah, yeah. And, and see, that's my my biggest uh, my biggest thing about this whole situation is that while I understand that this is all about about the money, you know, and that's the that's a oh, really shitty thing. Yeah. But while it is about the money, the big like you said, the biggest people that it impacts are the fans, and that's the really shitty part about it. Because like, as studios, yes, like you're a business, you need to make money, but at the same time you want to be able to give the fans what they want Mm -hmm. and they want like the fans want spider-man in the mcu and it's it's been clear for years and so this is where it was going yeah spider-man is your new guy yeah and now the fact that he's out it just it really sucks and and both studios have received a lot of backlash for it yeah and uh no it just goes to show that yeah at the end of the day it is about the dollar sign and the overlord mouse wants the most dollar signs at all time, basically. But it does reinforce what I have been saying for quite some time now, which is I can just look at Endgame and be like, oh, it ends there. Yep. And oh, yeah. I can walk away. I can oh, walk yeah. away clean because like, it's not just going to be Spider-Man specific. If it sucks from here on out, you can put a nice cushiony like little stopping point. Avengers Endgame or even Far From Home you can just kind of stop it right there and you got a complete story and it is great and you don't have to do anything else with it kind of see I would just say ended at Endgame because Far From Home though I loved it oh yeah fuck it sets up stuff no exactly exactly Uh, though I loved Far From Home it had that massive without giving spoilers away it had that massive cliffhanger at the end big time that was going to lead up to like an amazing third solo film and then nope, it's yeah, out. We're not getting that. Yeah, uh, it's out. Or at least, uh, who knows? Anything could change. But I do. It's a little late. It'll probably be some late time negotiation crunch. Yeah. Well, one one of the heads of Sony said that it's it's pretty much settled for now. He said yeah. for now. So I I don't expect it to be for a while. Yeah. Um, which really sucks, given like I said, given what what Far From Home was leading to. I wanted to see that happen. I remember leaving that theater thinking like thinking of just endless possibilities for how they could approach the next film and now they're they're just never we might not see him yeah because yeah again it'll be like oh remember that guy your your father figure yep remember Stony remember Tark? hysterion you don't think they even got mysterio like they can't even say mysterio's name i they're not going to mention thanos the whole no. blimp or the sorry the the blip the blip the that blip end game yeah. the decimation that's yeah. not going to be mentioned at well, all well i mean mysterio is not I mean, I guess they don't have to mention that anymore. What's that? Uh, I'm still thinking of Endgame events. They really don't have to bring that up anymore for future movies anyway. No, and I mean, I'm pretty sure legally they can't. Yeah. Yeah, which is, again, it's Shanos and... (laughs) Shanos! (laughs) Fucking Shanos! (laughs) 
Oh man. But yeah, honestly. It, it the the last That's thing just that disappointing, can be said, man. Yeah, the, I was about to say the last thing that can be said about this is it fucking sucks. It really, really sucks. Because yeah. Spider Man, Spider Man has been my favorite superhero since I was a little kid, as I'm sure it has been everybody's. And so seeing him in the MCU just made me so happy. And now he's gone, you know. And just it like sucks. that, it only took four years. Yeah. Civil War was 2016. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least we got those four years. Yeah. Shame that. Shame that. Shame. But I'm still going to funnel money to Disney because they're starting Disney Plus soon. Yes. And that's what we want to talk about next. Um, yeah, I'm in. I'm totally in. I, I was like, not in, but I now saw I'm that, fucking I in. I saw that Mandalorian trailer and I said, okay, yeah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we're just whores for this stuff, but man, <laughs> man, it's really just, I don't like supporting what they're doing, just kind of buying out each and every company. You've seen that meme where it's Mickey Mouse holding up the Infinity Gauntlet and every uh, every Infinity Stone is just another just fucking studio. studio. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's literally, Disney is just Thanos collecting shanos <laughs> <laughs> disney is shanos connected collecting all the uh forever gems <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah so um for this one i was sold with just the mandalorian trailer alone but when you put it into a nice little package of espn plus hulu national geographic pixar marvel and every other disney film ever made eventually like yeah i'm 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 up i'm in take my money once again you're already going to get it in some other capacity so yeah. why not just one yeah. more to the fucking list you know so like, <laughs> um no yeah i i hate letting them win but they won yeah i mean so, with i mean there's there's just so much to talk about when it comes to, to disney plus we're going to be mainly talking about the star wars and marvel shows but there are going to be so many other original disney shows that are going to be premiering on it there's just going to be so much content it's unbelievable so yeah. i mean disney plus is for, especially for the price because what is it like 7.99 a month it is less it's like half of netflix price or exactly something like that. yeah and maybe for, that won't be like the super package but like the standalone just disney plus service itself i think is like around seven dollars yeah something. yeah with no ads too which yeah and every parent in america is going to want to buy that yeah exactly i mean they're going to have all the most of the disney movies and like yeah. which are great obviously and in full blu-ray s quality exactly so it honestly i think it's going to be great i when it was first announced, I was just like, oh, man, an like another streaming service. Are you serious? But then once they actually started to reveal the lineup of shows and everything like that. Yeah, what they got planned. Exactly. And then, like you said, once the Mandalorian trailer took, came it took, out. It took 10 seconds. Yeah. That moment when this dude, he he kills someone with a door, <laughs> which I think is a first for Star Wars. This man literally Rick Grimes quick draws the blast door onto some poor asshole and just <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah okay i'm in yeah I, and also you know the mandalorian let's just talk about the mandalorian now uh the the mandalorian's played by uh pedro pascal yes. who's one of my favorite actors from uh game of thrones fame also narcos fame um the second i heard he was cast i was like okay yeah i'm in yeah in. pretty much go, yeah him go, go, go. and we were talking about him earlier taika waititi I also know Carl Weathers is in it, and that's Apollo Creed, so that's a bonus. That is, that is pretty cool. Um, Taika Waititi voiced IG-11. Oh, so it's not IG-88. No, I mean, it's the same droid model, okay. but it's a different 
character. That's an obscure-ass character. Anyway, yeah, exactly. So forgive me for knowing who yeah, that yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he's going off in the trailer, too. Yeah. He's, like, shooting without even looking at anything. Yeah. yeah that's, it, I have a feeling it's going to be some really cool action scenes in there. It is going to so be So I'm all sick. for it. I hope Oberyn, or I call him Pedro Pascal's character, <laughs> I, uh, he gets some hand-to-hand stuff. That'd be really cool to see. I mean, we saw the pictures of him fighting the... Um, oh, some aliens? Yeah, what are they called? They're called uh, Trandoshans. I also hate that I know that too, but they're called Trandoshans. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. just like a they're like a reptile race in Star Wars. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, like pirates, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Mandalorian. That looks great for sure. Another one on the docket is they're bringing back the Clone Wars, Ooh. which I know you're you're a big fan of the Clone Wars. I am so excited, dude. Yeah, it's cool that they brought it back. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing to talk about is. I remember when I watched and I got to the end of season six and it ended how it did. I that was probably one of the biggest feelings of of there needs to be more, but there isn't. You know, that, you don't. That, they, um, let's say hypothetically there wasn't. They weren't bringing it back. It doesn't transition into episode three, maybe as cleanly as you'd like it to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, it 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 had a. I mean, it just didn't have an ending. You know, sure. Which, which, well, I know they have Ahsoka and she just kind of has to, is like kind of forced to disappear. That is, if I remember correctly, that's season five. There's oh. a full season where Ahsoka oh, just she's, isn't in. Oh, that's news to me. Okay. Yeah, if I remember. I should watch the show. I should just, yeah, no, up. no. I mean, if I remember correctly, because I haven't seen it for a couple years, but, but it ends on an episode about Yoda, actually. Okay. Um, which it was an amazing episode. Amazing, amazing episode. Sure. But, it wasn't an ending, you know, like, and don't get me wrong for, for a show of that type where the conclusion the, is foregone. Exactly. There, there's a, like, there's a, there's a level to which it can actually be ended. But at the same time, I wanted something a little more satisfying and we didn't get that. Yeah. But now that season seven is coming back. Yeah. Oh man. I'm really fucking excited. So I, so yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what they do with that. They might just retcon all of Rebels. I don't know, but I don't think they do because I doubt it. Disney wants Rebels to be canon. Yes, because the guy behind uh, Dave Filoni is the guy behind Clone Wars. And he's also behind Rebels. So yeah. like that's all under his kind of creative control. And I'm assuming it's all going to be on Disney Plus. So I mean, it kind of has to be canon. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. It'd be really hard for them to have already done the giant retcon when they first bought Star Wars and be like, okay, no, all that stuff's not canon, but everything from here on out. And then they have to do it again. Yeah. Only, uh, God, how long ago was that deal? 2013. So they have to do that seven years later, basically. That yeah. would be very unfortunate. It so. would be. It would be. I really appreciate what the Clone Wars does for a lot of the side characters in Star Wars. Because that's what the traditional expanded universe of old was all about. Was just, you know, getting more into some of the guys that are just only in the movies for a little bit. And, you know, people that maybe aren't too into the series will be like, oh, why are they doing that? They're just trying to get you you know buy more stuff it's like yeah but like some of that stuff is really cool and mm-hmm. i like what they do and especially also- when the clone wars is such such an interesting point or such an interesting period of the star wars universe yeah, they do a lot of good they, they do justice to a lot of characters that kind of get you know sidelined in the movies yeah and why not and exactly. i also know the most important takeaway by far of what i've even seen from clone wars is that they do uh the character of anakin skywalker a lot of much needed justice oh, for, yeah. for, for that transition between episode two and three yes i mean yeah. there there are some episodes that i i don't think that you've seen but they are just so so good and they develop his characters so well and and they jump into the future a bit and it's it's just so exciting and 
Ah, oh, that's well, cool that you're getting so an ending because I think it's something that the fans deserve. So that's really cool. Yeah, that they can conclude it proper. Yeah, but that is that is Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I am really excited about it. The next Star Wars series that we're going to be talking about is the Untitled Cassian Andor series. In full honesty, I don't really know too much about this one. And that's it for the Untitled Cassian Andor series because he was just. I mean, I like Diego Luna. I thought he was good yeah. in Rogue One. And Cassian Andor is probably the only character other than Jin, I guess, from Rogue One that whose name I even remember, <laughs> which I think that just kind of speaks for itself for Rogue One. I liked Rogue One. No, Rogue One was great. It's just because all the characters I like died. Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. That I too. mean, because all the characters died, like, I mean, they're, like, they're memorable characters. To be fair, but at the same to be time. fair, like, Grand Moff Tarkin died in episode four. Yeah. Or uh, he died in the first one. Yeah. Right? But you still remember who Grandma Tarkin was, maybe because he was a more notable actor. He, Peter Cushing was the most famous actor, other, other than, than Alec Guinness, Guinness in, in the nice. nice, other than Alec Guinness <laughs> in the first uh, Star Wars. But you still like forty years later, everybody knows who Grandma Tarkin is. You yeah. know, um, Cassian Andor. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's no just idea. like like these. these you know, um, I see this being as as like let's kind of like revamp Han Solo. You know. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they already tried to do that and, in movie yeah, form. But we'll see. But the thing is, is like revamp it as like a whole new character, but not really. Yeah. So again, I guess we'll see where that one goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's got stars on it. I, I don't know why I'm complaining. I'll, I'll watch it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then the last one, which I'm probably I, I don't know if I'm the most excited. I think the Mandalorian, just because it has something of substance. Yeah. But when we finally get something, Obi Wan is getting a series, and Ewan McGregor is coming back to play him. And I think the whole internet is happy about that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. How can you not be happy about that one? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Like, no, as, it makes as, me giddy. Like, yeah, I I mean, I'm like, I, I know that Ewan McGregor loves the character, too. And it, it's so cool that they got him back. Yeah. And he's willing to do it. Um, and he's been wanting to do it for years. I remember and, and he's been hiding it for years. Yeah. 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 I remember you saying he might get more of a creative control. Yes. So um, even before they, they announced it, I felt that because Ewan is just so perfect in this role and he knows this character so well that they were going to really take his creative direction a lot and and listen to him for a lot of the storylines, for a lot of a lot of the dialogue and everything like that. And sure enough, he is going to be I believe he's going to be directing the majority of the episodes of all people to direct the Obi-Wan series. Who make better. Obi-Wan direct yeah. it, you yeah. know? Yeah, no, it's just going to be really, really cool to see what they do. Again, that's another case of they're playing with pieces that have to move a certain way, but because of hopefully the creative freedom that they'll give to Ewan and uh, whoever else is behind it, I think they could have a total hit on their hands. Yep. That and might it, be their biggest one. If the Mandalorian doesn't take, I have no doubt that everyone will probably pro- tune into the Obi-Wan one. 100%. Well, that about concludes it for the Star Wars shows. So we're going to move on to the Marvel shows. This is there's a, big a one. lot. This is a big one. There's a lot, and a lot of it. I'm mm, uh, <laughs> like, like I like Falcon, and I like Winter Soldier. Do I like them in their own series? This is a question to be answered another day. Yeah, it really is. I really do. I I really like uh, Sam, the character of Sam Wilson. I thought he was great off of. You know, uh, bouncing off of Cap and whatnot. And even his dynamic with Bucky is really funny in Civil War. When you remove the element of Steve Rogers to this character, these character dynamics, I don't know how they're going to make up for that. Yeah. 
because that was the common line. You know, that was the whole, that was the joke. They were the two ends of the Steve Rogers friendship spectrum, I guess. <laughs> and Steve Rogers is no longer gone. That spectrum is no longer there. I they think, now, I, I think I, if I remember correctly from things that I've heard about the show, it's going to be dealing a lot with post Steve Rogers. Um, and so sure. obviously like the two people that kind of were the closest with him and that may be dealing with it the most are Sam and Bucky, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I, I really don't know how I feel about it. You know they're bringing back Sharon Carter too, right? Oh yeah, that's right. She kind of disappeared after Civil War. After, I wonder if she ever found out that like Steve was like her uncle. <laughs> I don't know. He mega made out with his niece. Yeah. Let's just let bygones be bygones. <laughs> Steve Rogers didn't know. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, Captain America. Steve Rogers is my favorite character in the entirety of the MCU, which by default makes me love. Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes, but like I said, without that element of Steve there, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I'll still tune in. This next one kind of has me feeling the same way. Uh, WandaVision. I don't know. I'm I'm less enthusiastic about this one. Yeah, so am I. So if you guys haven't seen the poster, check it out. Um, Just to give you an idea, it's very 50s-esque. Um... It's weird. I, I so this I, I think it's supposed to take place post Endgame, but it's in the fifties. Visions alive. It, it just kind of makes no sense. I mean, here's the thing: is there's no context for the show, so of course it doesn't make any sense. But it's just I don't know what approach they're going to take with it. Aaron, what are your thoughts on it? First, first and foremost, I think One of Visions is a stupid title. I just I just don't like it. But we're dealing with two really fascinating characters in the MCU. I think Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, is one of the best characters in the entirety of the MCU. Like, I put her, like, you know, if we're we're saying Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and Rocket Raccoon and honestly Thor are like the god tier of the characters, Thanos too. If that's like the god tier, I'd put Wanda up there with um, like Peter Quill, even Peter Parker in like the A tier, you know, just like one step below that elite level. See, that's what upsets me about how they've treated Wanda in this in the MCU. I agree, she's a very very fleshed out character. However, as a superhero, she is nowhere near as powerful as she is in the oh, comics. Oh, they they nerfed her. Yeah, yeah, like in the comics she is like beyond god tier. Yeah. But in the MCU, I guess they were going for the more like realistic approach, but at the same time there are scenes where they show her potential of power and just potential. She's strong as hell. Yeah, I I think she's stronger than Cap- than Captain Marvel. Genuinely, like I think well, that's a hot take. I exactly. don't know about that one. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, but like I I want to say it. I mean, I love her more. In, in the comics, she probably is. Yeah. Okay. But in the MCU, they really, like you said, they really nerfed yeah, her. They nerfed her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just overall, WandaVision. Yeah. Another one of those where we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. If they want to go this 50s route, it's all a throw off, but like, we'll see. Yeah. Marvel hasn't let us down yet. That Loki logo has let us down, though. That is one of the ugliest logos I've ever seen. It's weird. It is. Anything. It's really weird. I, I don't think they it's took like terribly diff- ugly. They took four different ugly logos <laughs> and then threw them all together. That one, I I mean, I will say I'm, I'm happy that Loki's getting a series. Tom Hiddleston's fantastic. And. I'd also throw Loki up in that like A-list level of characters mm-hmm. for the MCU. Um, and this is this is one of the 
this is one of the shows that actually like or well, I should say as compared to WandaVision this is one of the shows where it's like okay I know the context of this because of what Endgame There's said. more of a premise. Exactly. Yeah. Well like the premise I know I mean it's just going to be about Loki but in terms of like Loki as a character it's going to be about the Loki that escaped in Endgame. Yeah. You know so at least we have that. We have that context as opposed yeah, to Yeah he's, he's going to be bouncing around like history and stuff. Yeah exactly as opposed to like the Loki that died in infinity war i'm glad that they're not just like oh no he's not dead yeah you know, like, this is him exactly because yeah, that's that's that ties into thor's character and all that too yeah so yeah it's better if they let, leave him untouched let him do his own thing exactly exactly if he fiddles his way into the mcu again uh yeah that that would be something for taika waititi to handle and i would rather he keep his hands clean off of that one yeah 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 um, although Loki was great in, in, in Ragnarok too, as everyone was in Ragnarok. Yeah. But yeah. Some, sometimes you just got to let stuff go, which Disney's not great at. No, no, because they're, <laughs> they're pretty really insistent. Not. They're pretty insistent on bringing stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I did not see the Lion King or Aladdin or Dumbo. <laughs> God, they had three of them. They had three they fucking had three. remixes. They had three. The year's not even done yet. Um, but yeah, the Loki show. I I think it's gonna be a better one, maybe, but it's also just gonna be one of the. I mean, all of the Marvel shows really feel like they're just gonna be. A, we'll see. Um, the next one is Marvel's What If. This one, I'm really excited about this one. Yeah, it's animated. I yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a glutton for animation. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Um, I I think this one's gonna explore a lot of possibilities that are just like. I mean, and this this just kind of ties in with it being animated. So much more is you can is do possible. anything. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, animation is the way to go. You, it's it's just it's better for it's why comics are drawn. You can do so much more with the pen. Yeah, like yeah. Um, and I I mean I seen some artwork of Peggy Carter. Yes, dressed up in the in the Super Soldier. Yeah, scene, and like the cell shading and even stuff just from that artwork alone looks gorgeous. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I think they're going to take uh, the approach. I, I haven't really watched the show, but I know a decent amount about it. Have you heard of uh, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix? Yeah, actually, I've watched that show. Okay, okay. I feel like that's what What If is going to have the approach of, where each episode kind of has its own style, you know? Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Oh, Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of the camp that I'm very much in love with the, like I said, the Peggy Carter still that we got yeah. so far no it's pretty um, so dope. i'm it's pretty I'm, awesome. I'm kind of in love with just that style but i'm not opposed to the idea of them doing like an anthology thing where every style is different very cool so yeah marvel's what if um gonna be pretty awesome i think the next one is hawkeye so i i'm assuming that the premise of this show is jeremy renner's hawkeye passing on the mantle to uh, a character named kate bishop who i guess is kind of the successor I don't actually know anything about said character because I don't read the comics, but um, I've heard that she's really cool and I really like Hawkeye's abilities. So if she's just as good, if not better than Clint Barton, I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I'm nervous about is it's going to do the stereotypical. And I mean, this this just comes with all superhero origin stories in that the pull superhero needs a tragedy. They pull the old one. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, you got to get rid of the master. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm... I'm hoping that doesn't happen. They won't. They, I, yeah, I, I doubt it will. But Clint, Clint, that whole character is like he got his family back. Yeah. I don't think they'd do that. Yeah, and if they did, that's a terrible choice. Uh, and I was gonna say, like with with the full development that he's got since 
uh what was it thor one that he was in yeah he's yeah briefly since like in the full movie. development that he's gotten like that's not the way to go, man. No. You know, no, like, let, let really Hawkeye rest. Like, I'm like glad if he that was going to go, he show. was going to go in Endgame. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad they're giving him a show, but let, let my boy rest. Let him let him just shoot archery with his, his daughters yeah. and his yeah. son. Yeah. Um, I think the last three we can kind of do collectively. Um, they were all announced together, uh, the three being She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel. I don't know these three characters as well i know moon knight a little bit um i know she hulk a little bit i don't know miss marvel i don't know any of these three these are all i mean i know i've heard of she hulk i don't know anything about moon knight or miss marvel yeah i, I don't really you. think i couldn't tell you if i to say anything about these I, three i could not tell you like i said if it's if it's the same thing with star wars with if it's got marvel in the name i'm probably going to tune in for at least a, at least a season or an episode or two. Yeah, because yeah, that was my rule of thumb with the um the Netflix series, and you know I only ended up liking Daredevil and Punisher. But yeah, I still stuck around for a couple episodes of Jessica. Or I watched one season Jessica Jones, and then like five episodes of Iron Fist, and realized that Iron Fist was the worst fucking thing I've ever watched in my life. So we got out of there. We got out of there, <laughs> and those shows got canceled. So um. Yeah, I'm hoping they bring him back on Disney Plus, man. At least Daredevil. At least Daredevil and Punisher. Going going back to Spider Man a little bit, but because we were talking about Daredevil, which we're getting really sidetracked, but whatever. Um, I was really hoping, and, and uh, I mean the Daredevil show was canceled before this, but with how Far From Home ended, I was really hoping they were going to introduce Matt Murdock as the lawyer for Peter Parker. You know. Oh, you think like if it went to like a civil suit case yeah. or something? Yeah. And they like if if it did, they would have introduced Matt Murdock. Dude. Right? Oh, I want to see Matt Murdock fight with Spider-Man. I mean, no, I, well, I don't know if they would have fought, but fight oh, no, fight, oh, oh, fight, fight with, with him. Okay, no, okay, not, yeah, not, not okay, fight okay, each other. I you meant, like, fight no, against. I want to yeah, watch yeah. I want to watch Tom Holland and Charlie Cox kick ass right? together. Oh, that I would be so sick, th- right? Charlie Cox is phenomenal and deserves more credit for he that role. He is really good. It, he is really. I mean, he's playing the, a blind the casting, man. The casting for the Marvel shows, on like the Netflix Marvel shows, was great. Yeah, for the title. Christian Ritter as, as Jessica Jones was a great casting. Uh, the yeah. guy that plays Luke Cage is really good too. Yeah, for yeah. The, I should say for the title character, sure. the casting was sure. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with you there. Totally. But like I said, Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock was one of the better characters in if you're i guess you can't really include those series in the mcu but just that umbrella of what the the marvel universe cinematic yeah uh, fuck it um yeah he's one of the better characters too and it it sucks that that story is also another example of one that got cut short without really getting a proper ending because they set up more stuff you know so it's like damn oh i really want to watch I would love to see Matt Murdock represent Peter Parker in court. That right? would be hilarious. Dude, they're missing out. They're missing out. But anyways, we we got sidetracked. Uh, the three Marvel shows, uh, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel. Like I said, I know a little need bit Need more information. About... What? Need more information. Yeah. Yeah. Really need more information. Um, but at the same time, we just don't know the characters as well. I know She-Hulk and Moon Knight a little bit. Moon Knight more so. Pure speculation. Uh if you since you said you know Moon Knight the best, uh, if you had to cast him right now, oh gosh, because um, I don't I don't even know what he looks like. So I'm, this is a general genuine spitball in here. Funny enough, the first actor that comes to mind is Michael B. Jordan. Really? Yeah. Um, 
Well, that's too bad. (laughs) Yeah, but he can't. (laughs) Like, well, that that sucks for Black Panther reasons. Um, oh, that's unfortunate. Oh man, actually, okay. You know what? There's one more actor that I can think of. Uh, funny enough that we've been talking about this is us. I could honestly see Justin Hartley, who plays Kevin, playing this character. Oh, yeah. Not a bad pull. I would yeah. watch that. I don't know. I love. I like that actor. I didn't know his name. Until I, you I mean, said I it, think. So. I think he's a great actor. He's definitely got the build for it. Yeah. So I, I think he could do it. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty cut. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if I could choose, I'd probably pick Michael B. Jordan. But again, can't, Black Panther. Unfortunately, so can't uh, really. Uh, can't Ryan, really do Ryan that. Coogler beat you to it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't even know if you casted for that movie, but still, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we've talked pretty extensively about a whole lot of topics today, and I'd say that just about wraps us up. We're sure you guys have strong opinions on about the material we've covered, and we'd love it if you let us know your thoughts on any or all of it. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter, at A&M Reviews, or Instagram, at Aaron and Marco. Uh, and if you leave us a question on either, we'd definitely love to answer it on the next podcast. Yeah, thank you guys again so much for joining us on the official first episode of the AM podcast we are seriously so grateful for this for the support that we received on episode zero it really meant a lot to us and we hope that you all enjoy this one and just to mention it one more time our podcast is now available on apple podcasts and spotify as well as the original soundcloud so whatever you use as your primary source for podcasts we are there so thank you all again so much for tuning in we really appreciate all of the support we are going to continue to work hard to bring you guys new episodes as often as we can. So with that, I think we are all set. So thank you guys once again, and we will see you in the next one. Do you think Godzilla could beat the Avengers? No. Fuck you, you're no fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was decent. Yeah, that was all right. All right. Stop recording? Stop recording! Stop recording! Stop recording!